We're going to be learning in Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim Alevi, the first piece in Helchos Karban Pesach. This is Perek Bey's Halacha Vav. And this is the first of two pieces on this Halacha in which Rabbi Chaim is going to analyze the case where the Kohen did one of the services of the Karban Pesach with the improper intention to include people who should not have been part of that Karban Pesach. So the case is, in general, the Kohen is supposed to do the Shechita, the slaughtering, and the Zrika, the sprinkling of the blood, for the people in that group of the Karban Pesach. And anyone that's uncircumcised or who's ill, so they're not going to be able to eat the Karban Pesach, should not be part of that group. So the case that the Gemara, followed by the Rambam, discusses is what happens if the Kohen did one of those services with the intention to include someone who either is uncircumcised or cannot eat from the Karban Pesach, does that invalidate it for everyone else in the group? The Rambam writes, If the Kohen slaughtered the Karban Pesach for Mulim, for circumcised people, but then he did the Zrika for both circumcised as well as uncircumcised people, that would disqualify this entire Karban Pesach, because since the Zrika is the primary aspect of the Karban, if he does it with the intention of including a relim, so that disqualifies the whole Karban Pesach. Now this case is a little different. Let's say he slaughtered the Karban Pesach for people who are mulim, but as he was slaughtering it, he intended to do the zrika for people who are a relim. So unlike the first case where he did the shechita totally properly, and only when it came time for the zrika did he have an improper thought, in this case, as he was doing the shechita, he intended to do the zrika improperly for Arelim. So the Rambam rules that that is also puzzle. Because even thinking to do the zrika for Arelim during the shechita also disqualifies the Karban Pesach. Now, if he does the shechita for the people who are going to eat the Karban Pesach, but as he's doing the shechita, he intends to do the zrika for someone who's sick or tamay, so they're not going to be able to eat the Karban Pesach. So in that case, the Rambam says, a Pesach kosher. That Karban Pesach is valid, but still a person cannot fulfill their mitzvah with that Karban Pesach. Because the halacha is that there's no disqualification of including people who are not going to eat during the time of Zerika. So that's why the Karban Pesach is still valid, even though he improperly intended to do the Zerika for people who are not going to be able to eat it, because Ein Machsheves Ochlim Bezrika. An improper thought to include people who can't eat during Zerika does not disqualify the Karban Pesach. Now, the source for this halacha is the Gemara in Pesach. If the Kohen does the Shechita for Mulim, so the Shechita is done properly, but at the time of the Shechita, he intends to do the Zrika for Arelim. So again, in this case, the improper intention for Zrika happened during the time of Shechita. So this is a debate. Rav Chista Amar Pasel, Rabba Amar Kasher. Rav Chista says that the entire Karban Pesach is disqualified because he holds Yesh Machsheves Arelim 
Arelim Bizrika, that the improper intention to do Zrika for Arelim disqualifies the Karban Pesach. And Rabbah says that it's kosher because Ein Machsheves Arelim Bizrika. The improper intention to include Arelim in Zrika will not disqualify the Karban, so it's still a valid Karban Pesach. And the Rambam is obviously ruling like Rav Chista that it does disqualify this Karban Pesach. Now, Tosvos there makes an interesting comment, and he says that the whole debate between Rabbah and Rav Chista is only in a case where the person had the improper intention for Zrika during the time of Shechita. So in that case, Rav Chista is strict, and he holds that the whole Karban Pesach is disqualified. But if the person only had the improper intention during the Zrika itself, so if the Shechita was done totally properly, there were no improper intentions during the Shechita. And then only later on when he came to do the Zrika, then the Kohen improperly intended to include people who should not have been in there. So even Rav Chista holds that in that case, the Karban Pesach is still valid because Ein Machsheves Ochlen Bezrika. There is no disqualification for people who can't eat during the time of Zrika. So basically the way Tosos is creating the framework of this Gemara, there is a principle in Halacha of Ein Machsheves Ochlen Bezrika that including people who can't eat the Karban Pesach during Zrika does not invalidate the Karban Pesach. Now according to Tosvos, Rav Chista also is going to agree with that. So now the question is, why does Rav Chista hold Yesh Machsheves Arelim Bezrika that intending to include Arelim would be a problem? So Tosvos answers that there's two different cases. If he intended to do the Zrika for people who are Arelim or people who can't eat, and he had that intention during the time of Shechita, so then Rav Chista holds that it's puzzle. But if he had the intention to include Arelim or people who can't eat in the Zrika during the Zrika itself, so then Rav Chista holds that the carbon's still valid. So according to Tosvos, the rules governing the case of Arelim, as well as people who can't eat, are the same. In both cases, if he has the improper intention to do the Zrika for them during the Zrika itself, it does not disqualify the Karban. But if he has that improper intention for the Zrika during the time of Shechita, so then according to Rav Chista, it will disqualify the Karban. And the debate between Rabbah and Rav Chista, according to this view, is that Rabbah holds since no intention disqualifies the Zrika, so then thinking about the Zrika improperly during the Shechita is also not going to affect the Karban Pesach. The only improper intention that will disqualify is during the Shechita, about the Shechita. But any improper intention about the Zrika, it doesn't matter when he has it, is not going to disqualify the Karban Pesach. Rav Chista, on the other hand, holds that since an improper intention during the time of Shechita disqualifies the Karban Pesach, so even if he had that improper intention about how he was going to do the Zrika, it will still disqualify the Karban Pesach. The only time we say, that improper intention doesn't disqualify the Zrika is only during the Zrika time itself. So the irony, according to Rav Chista, in this view, is that having an improper intention about the Zrika is worse during the Shechita time than during the Zrika.
Shika time itself. So that's Tosos' framework for understanding the debate between Rabbah and Rav Chista. Now, Rav Chaim points out that obviously the Rambam disagrees with this because in the first line of this halacha, the Rambam explicitly writes that if he did the Shechita for the Mulim, so the Shechita was done totally fine, but then at the time of Zrika, he had an improper intention for Mulim and Arelim, so that disqualifies the Karban. So that goes totally against Tosfos. Obviously, the Rambam holds in Rav Chista that even an improper intention during the Zrika itself is going to disqualify the Karban Pesach. So for the Rambam, the main distinction is not between when he had the improper intention of the Zrika, but who he intended to include. So if he intended to include Arelim, that according to Rav Chista will disqualify the Karban Pesach, whether he intended to do the Zrika for Arelim during the Shechita, or if he intended to do it during the Zrika itself, in either case it's going to disqualify the Karban Pesach, but if he intended to do the Zrika for people who can't eat, so in either case it does not disqualify the Karban Pesach, whether that intention was during the Zrika itself or during the Shechita. So for Tosvos, the key distinction in Rav Chista is when he had the improper intention of the Zrika. If he had that improper intention during the Shechita, then it disqualifies in both the case of Arelim as well as people who can't eat. But if he had that improper intention of Zrika during the Zrika itself, then in neither case it disqualifies. But the rules of Arelim as well as people who can't eat, both of them are the same consistently. The Rambam, on the other hand, disagrees. He holds that the key distinction is between those two cases of Arelim versus people who can't eat, but it doesn't matter when he had the improper intention of Zurika. So when it comes to Arelim, in both cases, it disqualifies the Karban Pesach. When it comes to people who can't eat, in neither case will it disqualify the Karban Pesach. So that's the debate between the Rambam and Tosvos. Now, in the second paragraph, Rabbi Chaim is going to explain why the Rambam disagrees with Tosvos' framework. So this is based on the language of the Rambam in Hilchus Psula Mugdash and Perak Tesvav Alacha Yud. The Rambam writes, Shachta Lishma V'choshev B'Shasa Shechita Lizrog Doma Shelo Lishma. If he shechted this animal carbon Lishma for its sake, but at the time of the Shechita, he intended to do the Zrika not for its sake. So this is a very similar case to what we have here. During the time of Shechita, he's intending to do the Zrika improperly. So the Rambam rules Harez Epsula that invalidates the Karban. Because we transfer an improper thought from one service to the next service. So the improper thought that he had about the Zrika during the time of the Shechita, we transfer over to the Zrika, and then it disqualifies the Zrika. So the Rambam is saying that this rule of mechashen me'avoda la'avoda, that we transfer an improper thought from one service to the next, means that it disqualifies the service about which he had the improper thought. So even though he intended to do the Zrika improperly during the time of Shechita, what gets affected and disqualified is the subsequent Zrika. So we take that improper thought and we transfer it over to the Zrika and now the Zrika is disqualified. So that's what disqualifies the whole carbon. So Rab Chaim points out that the Rambam did not say the other way. He's not saying that we transfer the improper thought from the Zrika to the Shechita. 
because it was done at the time of the Shechita, the Rambam could have formulated it that way. That what's ruined is the Shechita because during the time he was doing the Shechita, he had an improper thought. But that's not what the Rambam said. He said the other way, that we take the improper thought from the time of the Shechita and we apply it to what he was thinking about, which is the Zrika, which happens later on. And the reason for this is because the Rambam holds that the disqualification has to be within the Avoda about which he thought improperly. So if he thought to do the Zrika improperly, that's what has to be disqualified. So that's why the Rambam holds that even though he had that disqualifying thought while he was doing the Shechita, so that's when he ruined the Karban, but the mechanics of it are that he ruined the zrika that's going to come later, so automatically this carbon is now disqualified. There's no way to correct it. So according to the Rambam, it's very important that what gets disqualified at the end of the day is the avoda about which he thought. So now, coming back to our case of Karban Pesach, says Rab Chaim, this explains why the Rambam does not hold like Tosos's approach. Because according to Tosvos in Rav Chista, what he's saying is that if the Kohen had the improper intention of the Zrika during the Zrika itself, it would not have disqualified this Karban Pesach. But since he had it during the time of Shechita, so that's worse. But according to the Rambam, it's impossible to say such a thing. Because when he has an improper intention for the Zrika, during the time of Shechita, the way it works according to the Rambam is that we transfer that improper intention over to the Zrika and it disqualifies the Zrika. But if the Zrika is not disqualified with an improper intention, then it certainly is not going to disqualify it during the time of Shechita. According to the Rambam, that would be impossible. So if Rav Chista holds that an improper intention of the Zrika disqualifies the Karban Pesach during the time of Shechita, that has to be because such an improper intention would have disqualified during the time of Zerika. So if there's a halacha of Ein Machsheves Ochlin B'Zerika, so we're forced to say that that's a distinction between Arelim versus Shalola Ochla of people who can't eat. So that's why the Rambam is forced to make that distinction as opposed to Tosos's distinction between whether he had it during the time of Shechita or during the time of Zerika which is impossible according to the Rambam, because if it wouldn't disqualify the Zrika itself, then it's certainly not going to change if he thought about that during the Shechita. Now, Tosvos asks a question on his reading of Rav Chista, because the Gemara later on in Ein Ches quotes a brisa, Shachtu la'ochlav, lizrog domo shalola ochlav. If he slaughtered the carbon Pesach for the people who are going to eat, with the intention to do the Zrika for people who can't eat. So the brisa rules very clearly that Pesach atzmo kosher, that the carbon Pesach is still kosher. So that goes against Tosvos' understanding of Rav Chista, that any improper intention of the Zrika during the time of the Shechita is going to disqualify the Karban Pesach. Whereas this Brisa is talking about explicitly that case, and it still says that the Karban Pesach is valid. So Tosvos answers that we need to amend the language of the Gemara, that there's a different version which says not Lizrok Damo with the intention to do the sprinkling, but rather Vinizrak Damo, and he did the sprinkling. Now even though that's a very small linguistic change, but it changes the whole case, because what that 
that Brysa is talking about, according to Tosfos' version, is not where he had the improper intention of the Zrika during the time of the Shechita, but rather he did the Shechita fully properly, and then only later on during the time of Zrika he had the improper intention. So that, according to Rav Chista, is kosher. That's exactly the case where Tosfos says that even Rav Chista agrees that the Karban Pesach is still valid. So Tosfos, within his reading of Rav Chista, amends the text of the Gemara later on on Ayin Ches, and now the Brisa fits in with Rav Chista. Now, obviously, according to our printed versions of the Gemara, which do say Lizro Kedamo, unlike Tosfos, so either we're going to have to say that that Brisa follows the view of Rabbah, that's why it's still valid, or according to Rav Chista, we're going to have to answer that the Brisa is the opinion of Rav Nassan. Rabbi Nassan holds that it's not necessary to eat from the Karban Pesach at the Seder in order to fulfill the mitzvah. So he has a more lenient view of people who are not going to be eating the Karban Pesach, so that's why it's not disqualified by including them. And the Gemara itself suggests that answer for an earlier brysa. So according to Rav Chista, in our versions of the brysa, we'd have to say the same answer. Now, there's a similar issue in the Yerushalmi. Rav Yaakov Bar Acha quotes from Rav Yochanan, Shachto la'ochlov, lizrog damo shalo la'ochlov. So again, the same case. He slaughtered it for the people who are going to be able to eat, but at the time of the Shechita, he had an improper intention to do the Zrika for people who cannot eat. So Rabbi Yochanan in the Yerushalmi rules that the Karban Pesach is still kosher. So that's obviously going to be like Rabbah, according to Tosos's view, because Rav Chista totally disagrees and he holds that in such a case the Karban Pesach is invalid. So basically, according to Tosfos, there are some problems with Rav Chista trying to fit him into to the Brysa later on on Ayin Ches, as well as fitting him into the view of Rabbi Yochanan in the Yerushalmi. But Rab Chaim points out that the Rambam's reading of this debate is going to go beautifully because Rav Chista agrees with both of those sources. Rav Chista only has his stringency in the case of including Arelim. But if he improperly includes people who cannot eat, so then Rav Chista agrees with Rabbah, he agrees with Rabbi Yochanan in the Yerushalmi, he agrees with the simple reading of the Brysa on Ayin Ches, that ein machsheves ochlim bezrika, including people who can't eat, does not disqualify the carbon, whether he had that intention during the time of shechita or during the time of zrika. So according to the Rambam, Rav Chista can very nicely and easily fit into the Brysa Ayin Ches, even according to our versions in the Gemara, as well as Rabbi Yochanan's ruling in the Yerushalmi. So that's a benefit for the Rambam's approach to this whole debate. Now, in the third paragraph, Rab Chaim tries to bring a proof from the Gemara itself to the Rambam's view. The Gemara quotes a brisa: Yochol Yifsol Bnei Chabura Habayin Imo. What happens in a case where the Kohen included not just Arelim, so he didn't intend to only do it for uncircumcised people, but it was a mixed group. It was half and half. There's some Mulim and some Arelim. So the brisa rules that since the Torah said Zos, that's a stringency that even a mixed group is still disqualified. So the Gemara explains this according to Rav Chista that since the Torah said v'chol aral, so that means kula arla. If the Kohen does the shechita for a group of entire arelim, then it's disqualified. But if it's a mixed group, so then it's still valid. So a mixed group during shechita is not going to disqualify the Karban Pesach. Then the Brisa says, what about the zrika? So there we apply the stringency of zos, that even a mixed group of both mulim and arelim during the Zrika is going to disqualify it. So according to Rav Chista, there's a basic difference between Shechita and Zrika. 
if he does the shechita for an intention of a mixed group, it does not disqualify it. But if he does the zrika for a mixed group, that does disqualify it. And the Rambam also rules this. If he does the shechita for mulim, but then he does the zrika for a mixed group, so that's disqualified because the zrika is stricter than the shechita. So again, that's the Rambam like Rav Chista as the Gemara made clear. The problem though is that in the next line, the Rambam seems to say something strange because he says, If he does the shechita with the intention during the shechita, time to do the zrika for arelim, so then it's puzzle. Now here, the Rambam does not mention the case of a mixed group. He only mentions the case where he intended to do the zrika for arelim only. But the way the Gemara set it up and the Rambam ruled, there should be no difference between whether he intended for a mixed group during the zrika itself or whether he intended to do the zrika for a mixed group during the shechita. In both cases, it should disqualify the Karban Pesach, where as the language of the Rambam seems to indicate that there is a difference between these two cases, that if during the Zrika itself he intended for a mixed group, then that would disqualify it. But if he intended to do Zrika for a mixed group during the Shechita, that would not disqualify it unless his intention was to do the Zrika for a pure group of Arelim. So this seems like a strange omission in the Rambam. So the first approach Rab Chaim suggests is a technical one, that maybe the Rambam doesn't need to keep repeating himself once he already told us that Zrika for the intention of a mixed group disqualifies so we ourselves understand to apply that equally to the case where he had intention to do Zrika for a mixed group during the Shechita because since those two cases are consistent so we can figure out on our own without the Rambam having to keep repeating it that in both cases a mixed group is also going to disqualify. So according to this technical approach the Rambam is not telling us anything on Usual that would have been different than how we would have understood the Gemara on our own. Once the Gemara teaches that intending to do Zrika for a mixed group disqualifies, so that applies whether it's during the Zrika or whether it's during the Shechita, because according to Rav Chista, those cases are consistent. But then Rav Chaim suggests a more conceptual idea. And in this approach, there is going to be a fundamental difference between whether he intended to do the Zrika for a mixed group during the Zrika versus during the time of the Shechita. So even though overall in the Rambam we've been saying that those two cases are equivalent because the whole idea is that we transfer the improper thought from the time of the Shechita over to the Zrika. So what's disqualified is the Zrika, but still, says Rab Chaim, now there could be a distinction between those two cases. Because when the Gemara distinguishes between a mixed group during Shechita versus Zrika, it means a blanket distinction. Any improper thought that he has for a mixed group during the time of Shechita does not disqualify, and any improper thought that he has for a mixed group during the Zrika does disqualify. So according to that, if he intends to do the Zrika for a mixed group during the time of Shechita, that would be included under the category of a mixed group during Shechita, and that would not disqualify the Karban Pesach. So that's why the Rambam is incredibly careful with his language, and he only 
includes that an improper thought for a mixed group disqualifies the Karban Pesach in the first case when he had that improper intention during the Zrika itself. But in the second case, when he had that improper intention during the time of Shechita, so the Rambam points out that that would not disqualify unless his improper intention for Zrika was for a pure group of Arelim. But a mixed group during that time is not going to disqualify. So according to this approach, there is a fundamental difference between these two cases when he had the improper intention to do Zrika for a mixed group, whether it was during the Zrika itself or during the Shechita. Now, if that's the case, so what that means is that when the Gemara said, according to Rav Chista, intending to do Zrika for a mixed group disqualifies, according to the Rambam, that could only refer to when he had that intention during the time of the Zrika. Because if he had that intention during the time of the Shechita, as we just said, that would not disqualify. So if that's the way the Rambam interpreted that line in the Gemara, so now he has a very solid proof to his reading against Tosa approach because according to Tosvos, Rav Chista holds that if he has the improper intention during the time of Zrika, it's not disqualified at all. So it's certainly not going to be more strict that even towards a mixed group, it's still disqualified. So if the Rambam is interpreting that the stringency of Rav Chista of intending to do a mixed group applies during the time of Zrika, so obviously he disagrees with Tosvos' whole approach. He holds that according to Rav Chista, an improper intention during the Zrika itself does disqualify. Not only does it disqualify, but it's the strictest of all the cases that even an improper intention for a mixed group is disqualified. So that's how the Rambam got to his view that according to Rav Chista, intending to do Zrika for Arelim is consistently disqualified, whether at the time of Shechita or at the time of Zrika. And the halacha of Ein Machsheves Ochlim B'Zrika is distinguishing that if he intended to include people who can't eat, so then it's not disqualified again, neither at the time of Zrika nor at the time of Shechita. But now, says Rab Chaim, that as nice as this last idea is, it's not going to work because there is a proof that the Rambam holds that the disqualification of intending to do the Zrika for a mixed group applies also during the time of Shechita. So the second approach that Rab Chaim had to distinguish between those two cases in the Rambam is not correct. It has to be like the first approach that the Rambam just didn't repeat himself, but practically the same stringency of a mixed group applies whether he intended to do that during the Zrika or during the Shechita. And the proof that the Rambam holds that way is because the Gemara discusses the issue of whether there's an additional problem with the Kohen including an Aral in the Karban Pesach because he's not the owner of this sacrifice. So in general, every sacrifice has to be offered up for the sake of its owners. And if the Kohen has intention to do it for someone else who's not the owner, it's called Shinui Ba'alim. He changed the owners, which disqualifies the Karban. So the question is, let's say this person is uncircumcised, and as well as that, they're not part of the group of the Karban Pesach, so they're not one of the owners. So basically, is there an additional disqualification of Shinui Ba'alim in addition to Arelim? Now, the Rambam doesn't mention this issue at all, so he totally omits the whole discussion from his halachas. And the question, of course, is why? Why doesn't the Rambam feel a need to rule on this issue? So Rab Chaim explains, Rashi asks a question, which is, who cares if there's an additional disqualification of Shinui Ba'alim? This guy is already disqualified because he's uncircumcised. So what does it matter practically if in addition to that, there's another problem?
problem that he's not the owner. So Rashi answers this with a very original idea. And he says that the only disqualification of our Relim is only if they're part of the group. So a random uncircumcised guy off the street who's not part of this group, if the Kohen intends to include him, that does not disqualify the Karban Pesach because of our Relim. The case of our Relim in the Gemara where it disqualifies the Karban Pesach is when he's including an uncircumcised guy who is part of the group. So that's why we have to know what if this person is not part of the group because the two disqualifications could never coexist together. If this uncircumcised guy is part of the group, so then the disqualification is going to be because he's uncircumcised. If he's not part of the group, so then the disqualification is going to be because of Shinui Balin, because he's not one of the owners. So that's Rashi's approach. Now, Rab Chaim says that even if we assume the Rambam disagrees with this big innovation, and the Rambam holds that the disqualification of Arelim applies even to someone who is not part of this Karban Pesach group, so even if the Kohen intends to include an uncircumcised guy off the street, who's not part of this Karban Pesach group, it's still going to disqualify the Karban Pesach because of our Relim. So now, how does the Rambam answer this question? What does it matter if in addition to the disqualification of being uncircumcised, he's also not one of the owners of the Karban Pesach? He's not in that group. When is there going to be a case when someone who's uncircumcised doesn't disqualify the Karban on their own and they need the disqualification of Shinui Ba'alim? So Rab explains that the way the Rambam answers Rashi's question is that the Gemara there is within the position that holds that a mixed group, half Arelim and half Mulim, is not disqualified even during the Zrika itself. So there is no disqualification when the Kohen intended to include a mixed group. The only disqualification of Arelim is when the whole group is Arelim. So that's why the Gemara wants to know what if one of the uncircumcised people within that mixed group is also not part of the Karban Pesach group. So that's why as an RL, he doesn't disqualify this Karban Pesach because he's part of a mixed group and a mixed group doesn't disqualify. But Shinui Baalim might be a problem because he included someone who's not one of the owners. So that's why the Gemara wants to know that. But the Rambam who rules according to the other approach that a half a group does disqualify the Zrika. So that's why the Rambam's not interested in that whole issue because it's totally irrelevant to him on a practical level. Once he rules with the view that an Aral always disqualifies the Karban Pesach, whether the Kohen intends to include him on his own, whether the Kohen intends to include him as part of a larger group, in all cases it disqualifies the Karban Pesach. So it's irrelevant to know whether in addition to that there's a problem of Shinui Balim. So that's why the Rambam omits the whole thing because it has no practical ramifications since he rules according to the view that if the Kohen intends to do the Zrika for a mixed group, it's disqualified. So now coming back to our original discussion, this means that the Rambam has to hold that a mixed group disqualifies whether the Kohen had that intention during the Zrika, or even if he had the intention to do the Zrika for a mixed group during the Shechita. Because if the Rambam holds that when he intended to do Zrika for a mixed group during Shechita, it does not disqualify. So now we're back to the question. We need to know what about if one of those Arelim is also not one of the owners? What would be the halacha in that case? Because now there's a disqualification of Shinui Ba'alim. So the fact that the Rambam does not rule on that case tells us that the Rambam must hold 
even in the case where he had the intention to do Zrika for a mixed group during the time of Shechita, it's still disqualified. So it's still irrelevant whether in addition there's a disqualification of Shinui Ba'alim. So the fact that the Rambam totally omits any discussion about an Aral who's not one of the owners of the Karban Pesach, even in a case where he intended to include that person in the Zrika during the time of Shechita, it must mean that the Rambam consistently holds that intending to include a mixed group in the Zrika is consistently puzzle, whether the Kohen did it during the Zrika or even if he did it during the time of the Shechita. And that's why the whole issue of whether there's an additional problem of Shinui Ba'alim is totally irrelevant to the Rambam. So now if that's the proper interpretation of the Rambam, that there is no difference between during the time of Shechita versus the time of Zrika with regards to including a mixed group of Mulim and Arelim in the Zrika. So that undermines the proof to the Rambam's approach that Rav Chaim was trying to bring from the Gemara because now we could say that that Gemara is talking about when he intended to do Zrika for a mixed group during the time of Shechita. So again, there is no proof from that Gemara for the Rambam's view as opposed to Tosfos. On the other hand, it's not a problem for the Rambam's view. So at the end of the day, the Rambam and Tosfos both have their respective approaches as to how to interpret the debate between Rabbah and Rav Chista. According to Tosfos, Rav Chista has a leniency any time the Kohen has an improper intention during the Zrika that the carbon is still kosher. And that's based on the halacha of Ein Machsheves Ochlin Bizrika, which according to Tosos means that nothing disqualifies during the Zrika. Whereas according to the Rambam, Rav Chista's leniency is that any time the Kohen intends to include people who can't eat from the carbon Pesach in the Zrika, whether it's during the Zrika itself or whether it's during the Shechita, in all cases, it's going to be kosher. And that's the meaning of Ein Machsheves Ochlin Bizrika, that the case of including people who can't eat from the Karban Pesach in Zrika does not disqualify the Karban Pesach. So that's Rab Chaim's analysis of the Rambam's framework for the debate between Rabbah and Rav Chista. And the key conceptual point that he has in this piece is that according to the Rambam, Mechashvin Me'avoda La'avoda, that we transfer a disqualifying thought from one service to the next, means that it always has to disqualify the service about which he improperly thought. It's not going to disqualify the service during which time he thought improperly. So that's how the Rambam understands it. Whereas Tosvos holds that we could disqualify the actual service during which he had the improper thought even though that wasn't what he was thinking about. So this issue of which of the services gets disqualified, the one he was thinking about, or the one during which he thought it, seems to be a debate between the Rambam and Tosvos.